brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then we're tired. Get out. Does it matter? Anybody can be beat. So how did that just feel? Feel great. Poetic justice. That's the great thing about sports. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Jets Radio. This is your host, Tyson Roush, and as you all know, we have plenty to talk about tonight between filling out a coaching staff, the you know, free agency coming up, the draft coming up. So plenty to talk about. You can call us at 929-477-2651. And with that being said, I will bring in my good friend and co-host, Joe from Long Beach. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? It's good to be back on. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. And, you know, the Jets over the last couple of days have announced a lot of coaches, you know, the, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams guy, and we can we could touch on a bunch of those. Um, I guess the first one, we talked about him a little bit last week with Chan Gailey, and, you know, we both have our concerns, and, you know, there's positives, there's negatives. I think we both can make a case for the hire. But today there was an interesting hire for his staff, and that was the quarterback coach, which was Kevin Petullo, oh. who really has no experience as a quarterback coach. He was the assistant wide receiver coach. He was with Chan with Buffalo. And, you know, not knowing a lot about him, for me, based on what the Jets' quarterback spot is now, which is a relative unknown, I don't like this hire. I mean, what was your initial take with this? Yeah, I was pretty, <laughs> pretty absolutely kind of confused, too, because, like you said, you know, he was with Tennessee. He was a wide receiver's coach out there. Uh you know, I did a little research. I believe he does have a, a history with Chan as well. Um, I don't know, but I guess it's kind of wait and see. 
maybe this is a guy that, you know, can get the job done. I'll just kind of wait and see what he brings to the to the staff. But, yeah, it is it is pretty confusing. Yeah, because, you know, like, I, like, I've been, like, a Chan Gailey supporter. I mean, I justified it. I, yeah. I think he's a veteran coach, and I'm getting ribbed for it. I mean, people have been tearing me to shreds about it, but I, I can make a case for it. But now it's like the Jets' biggest concern has been the quarterback position. And, you know, with, with Geno, I mean, Matt Sims is Matt Sims, but you know you're going to bring in a rookie guy, and you're going to bring in a veteran. So, like, you want to develop these guys as much as possible. And, you know, I don't want Chan Gailey sitting here trying to teach his quarterback coach how to teach his quarterback. That, to me, is kind of defeating the purpose where, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like I don't want a guy learning on the job, and that's what I think this guy is going to be doing. And for this team at this time, you know, if you had a Tom Brady, it's fine, but don't you think it's kind of like a – it's kind of weird that you want to have a guy learning on the job teaching a rookie quarterback? Yeah, I just, and that's why I said it. it's, it's sort of confusing. A guy that has never, you know, been a, been a quarterback coach here, I don't get what the move really means. But maybe it's a guy that actually, like I said, he has a history of Chan. Maybe he understands Chan's system a certain way. Uh, we all know, I've said it a bunch of times, I don't necessarily like the addition of Chan Gailey as an offensive coordinator as well. I, I've ripped you two Tyson for supporting him, for supporting <laughs> him necessarily. But, you know, like I said, uh, this is a guy that Chan has faith in. This is a guy that he wanted to hire. He brought him from Tennessee, you know, where he was a wide receivers coach. So maybe this guy gets – you know, that element of the system or that element of the position. So I'm just, again, he's a wait-and-see guy. I'm going to see what he gives us, and and then I'll, yeah. I'll be the judge of that. I mean, he can't be any worse than David Lee. David Lee was trash, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, we you know, we gave David Lee, when David Lee was hired, he was like, oh, he's a great quarterback coach. He's this, he's that. He, yeah. had, he helped teach the Wildcat and all this stuff, and basically nobody improved underneath him. You know, it's yeah. just like so. Maybe maybe what we read is not always true. Um, with that being exactly. said, we'll bring on our first caller because we got a lot to talk about tonight. So we'll bring on um, Dan. This is Joe and Tyson with Let's Talk Jets. How you doing, man? How's it going? We're doing pretty good, man. How's What's going? on your mind? Um, well, two things. One is um, I really hope Bowles is kind of like a no BS guy, like that whole nonsense that happened in San Diego with Gino. You know, I'm hoping that. He doesn't let his players roll over him. And um, second thing is, too, is um, I'm just hoping that the offense doesn't get, I guess you can say, forgotten about like it happened with Rex. Because, I mean, Decker proved that, you know, he's not an legit number one. And, I mean, the only weapons that, you know, uh, Rex gave uh, Sanchez was Braylon Edwards and uh, Santonio Holmes way past his, you know, way past his prime. So I really think we have an awesome D. We just need you know, a couple offensive weapons. So hopefully if Cooper falls to us, that would be killer if he fell to us in well, the draft. Well, Dan, I mean, Dan, not to cut you off, but there's a couple of things here. I mean, in terms of accountability, I think everything you've seen about Todd Bowles and even from his former players, they talk about his mm-hmm. discipline and accountability. So I think that is going to happen. In terms of the offense, I mean, there's there's a lot of unknowns there. Um, I mean, Joe, what do you think? I mean, the offense to me is the biggest concern that I think when he was hired, I think Todd Bowles had to have a plan in place saying, hey, listen, you hire me, I'm going to implement this offense with this approach, with these players. I mean, he had to sell this front office on something other than saying I'm a great defensive guy. I mean, Joe, what do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what he I think. I think, first off, I do think that he's going to hold everybody accountable. He's already come out and said that, you know, Gino is – you know, he doesn't know if Gino's going to be a starting quarterback or not. So I do truly believe that this year is going to be a real quarterback competition here. It's not like it was, you know, with Rex this year where it was Gino was pretty much given the starting role anyway. And, you know, Mike pretty much had to fight to even get anything to get going in the in the starting lineup. 
Um, I do think that, you know, Todd said during his press conferences, it's not just going to be about defense. It's also about scoring more points uh, than, the, than the other team. He's, he's addressed playing complementary football and how they're going to run the football as well, you know, to, to help the team. But they're also going to throw the ball, too. Uh, again, uh, something else he did to bring in to address the offensive side was bringing in Chan Gailey and installing a new system and putting things in place. Um, so I do think that Todd is going to show you that he's not just going to be a one-sided coach where defense is all he is because that, that's what he said. Um, as far as being a, a guy that, like I said, is going to hold people accountable, he said from the time that he's got here he's going to hold people accountable. And there's a lot of people that have been pushed out and gone, um, not just with him but with our front office as well. They're going to hold everybody accountable. That's why our yep. scouting department got cleaned out. Get those guys out of here. If you're not doing your job correctly, then you've got to go. So, yes, accountability is here. <laughs> Let me tell you, with Todd Holes, he's going to hold you accountable, and he's going to, he's going to bring the offensive along, offense along but there's holes that need to be filled. So we're just going to go through the process and see how that works out as well with free agency and the draft. But I just I understand that fans want to see the Saints offense come to New York, but don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Just hold your horses because that, that doesn't always work. That doesn't always work. We, we need to play the football that we need to play. We don't have to win the, another team's way. Let's win our way. If winning our way is doing exactly what they do in Arizona, which is running the ball hard, throwing the ball when it's necessary, but running the ball hard and playing complimentary football, like Todd Bowles said, then let's do it that way. But, you know, like I said, there's other things that need to be addressed, and I think they'll be addressed just, you know, going on throughout free agency. Well, and, Joe, the other thing is, too, you know, Dan, Dan you mentioned Amari Cooper, and it, it, it's an interesting situation because, mm-hmm. you know, like in football you can, you can win a Super Bowl with an average offense, but you can't win yeah. a Super Bowl with an average defense. You need Good to have defense. a top-level defense. Right, so the question is, if you, you're mentioning Amari Cooper, if you, if you do, and listen, there's no doubt if there is a lock as a wide receiver, like a, recruit, a prospect, he's the guy. But what do you do with Percy Harvin then, Dan? Exactly. I, I personally, I mean, if we, if we if, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we uh, if we cut Harvin, you know, we don't know anything really. We kind of what we have to give Seattle a fifth round pick, you know. I'm a sixth okay round. With so, yeah, that, if you cut him, sixth round yeah, pick. If you, but and, and just okay, going back good. to what you were saying before, you know, you can win with an average defense, but you can't win with an average quarterback. Yes, you can. Oh, that's true. But you can. Well, you, you can. You can no, Joe. But oh, the thing is, you can win with an average. You can win with an average quarterback. You can't. I mean, because you have a game manager. I mean, it shows. You know, you need to have a strong running game and a strong defense, and then a complementary offense. You can win a Super Bowl, but you can't win with a you know like a a very a fair to mediocre defense. You're really going to struggle, I think, to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely, and you can with an you can win with an average quarterback game manager. The Ravens did it. They won with Trent Dilfer. He sucked. <laughs> so you know you can do those things. But surrounding him with guys, I think surround, we can – and uh, Panda talked about it last week. You can have an average game-managing guy. If you surround him with talent, you know, and surround him with an offense that can get the job done, hell, we drug Mark to an AFC championship. He was surrounded. He had the best run game. Yep. He had a very solid offensive line. And he had two decent wide receivers and a pretty solid tight end, too. So we drug him there. He was a below-average quarterback. So that shows you we don't have to stack the deck offensively as far as our wideout talent, you know, concerns, considers. I mean, we have talent. We got Curly. We got Piercy Harvin. We have Eric Decker. You can't just say, oh, well, because they didn't blow the doors off this year. Marty Mordenberg was an idiot. You have to understand also that our play calling sucks. 
So we, we don't necessarily have to, you know, go after Amari Cooper. If he falls, if he falls, that's awesome. But we also need to address things like our offensive line. That's what we need to talk about as well. What about our guards? What about our right tackle spot? You, you, you have to give the quarterback something to work with because if he's on his back 24 hours a day, that ball's not going to go anywhere anyway, and we're going to have to run the ball all day because we won't be able to protect him. There's other holes that we have we, we need to, to fill. As far as Piercy Harvin goes, though, I don't believe you can cut him because if you cut him, we go back to ground zero where we don't have a number one wide receiver. We don't have a guy that can stretch the field. Do I want Amari? Sure. But he's not a sure thing. I've seen Piercy get the job done. I've seen Piercy change our offense. I've seen Piercy deliver here. So if we've seen this, even though he's not worth $10 million, we don't have any leverage in that. John Isaac did that. So, look. We have enough cap money. It's not like we're strapped against the cap. If we're going to overpay a guy, I've always said it, let's overpay him slightly. We're overpaying him a lot, but let, let's overpay him, and then let's see what he gets done this year. And if, if he doesn't get it done, then fine, we can cut him. But right now I believe we're, we're pretty much going to keep Harvin and, and let's roll into the season with him. We don't have to stack the deck of wide receiver because we have so many other holes on this team that it's, it's, it's going to be kind of hard you know, to, to motion up and get things done. Dan, do you Dan is your is your thought to keep Pars, uh, Percy Harvin and add Amari Cooper to that, or you're thinking to move on from Percy, not give up that fourth round pick, you know, get that cap space back, and put that money towards Cooper, and then going put that money somewhere else? Well, the one thing I, I will say this: so one of the good one of the good things it did was give us all this cap space coming into this year. I mean, I guess you can say it was kind of a blessing in disguise, <laughs> but. I mean, if you can keep if you can keep Percy for a year or two, and you know maybe just ease Cooper in. So we, I mean, especially playing in New York is one of the diff- most difficult things, especially with Jet fans. We've been dying for a Super Bowl for forty something years now, and it's just like, I mean, if we if we can keep Harvin and maybe just kind of ease him in there, I'd be I'd be okay with that. Definitely okay with that. Kind of just you know be like the big brother to him and then ease him in. Yeah, see that to me this this is a tough sell, and we're we're going to go into this more later on in the show about the whole Percy Arvin dilemma because now you you have a lot committed to the wide receiver position. I mean, Curly, Decker, Harvin, it's a su- substantial amount of money, and you know for me, I'm not I, I hate the idea of giving him 10.5 million this year. I mean, to me, it's I kind of give him an ultimatum: either he restructures or he's gone. Um, you save that draft pick, but then to have these three guys and then add Amari Cooper to that, you know, you have the cast base, but you don't want just because you have it, you don't want to waste it. So that that's a really tough call for me because then you figure well that number six pick you can get a pass rusher you can get offensive mm-hmm. linemen you can get you can get guys that play now instead of worrying mm-hmm. you know it, I can, you can make a case mm-hmm. for both sides you know so it's it's definitely an interesting spot um, Dan what's your take on this new quarterbacks coach I mean for me I I was surprised by the hire I don't it's surprising just due to his inexperience what is your take on that I mean. To be honest, I, I was—I I will say this though. Um, I, I was one of the biggest Geno supporters, and I will say he's a disappointment. If—if if anyone can, I mean, I'm just hoping someone can coach him and just get his head on straight, just get him to be a little more mature and not have that Morgantown attitude. Because I mean, to be totally honest with you, I think he—he he he was—he was a big fish in a little pond, you know, coming from WVU, and now he's like this little fish in a big pond. So, I mean, if someone can just kind of work with them a little bit and just – Well, I, I, guess I have a better, say, I have yeah, a better question for you. Well, I have a better question for you. Do you have more faith in Chan Galley developing him than you do with Marty Morningwig? 
after that Green Bay game, um, I was done with Marty. After I think you and Green Joe Bull. I, was, oh, <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I'm surprised. You know, my, my, my TV right now doesn't have a, a Miller Lite bottle through it after that game. Because, <laughs> Marty, uh, Marty, I was done with Marty after that. But, but you know what? So I, guess your answer, right your now, answer, I guess your answer is yes, then, that you have more faith in Chan Gailey. So now it's just like we're hoping that he can get something out of Gino. I, I, I have more faith in... Uh, I I I can I I'm, I don't even can't tell you right now. I can't give you a list of people. I have more faith in Matt Sims coaching Gino. <laughs> well, my thing my my thing with Gino is that uh, I, I don't think it was just the offensive play calling that was bad either. I think that Gino was inconsistent. Gino is extremely inconsistent. There were guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That were open. Let's go. Let's go back into that game, like before the Chargers game. It showed you where Gino was mentally. Him missing meetings, you know, after the game. You know, like like I spoke about how the players in the locker room don't necessarily believe in him. And then he comes out and the performance that he put on. It was a. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of those personnel packages and things were, were off. Some of the play calling was off. But there were times when he was trying to make throws that just weren't there. It just wasn't there. Yep. It was overthrowing guys. So it's not all on the offensive coordinator. Don't get, it, 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 it isn't. It's not on, all on the offensive coordinator. There were some bad calls, but there was also some bad Geno. There was a lot of bad Geno where he would come out and he would throw interceptions, just like that Bills game when he was forcing the ball to Harvin down the field and there were three guys over there. Nobody told you to throw that over there. Any smart quarterback wouldn't have done that. It's inconsistencies in Geno's game. He has the physical attributes. We all know that. But does he have it upstairs? That's the problem with Geno. I don't think it, like I said, I don't think it's always the offensive play call. Some of that is Geno, too, so we have to hold him accountable. And that's what Todd Bowles is saying. That's why I believe that he's going he's gonna to start to get something out of him. And if he doesn't get something out of him, then he's gone. And we might end up with a Sam Bradford or whoever else next year. No, I, I mean, Joe, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, then there's games like a Dolphin game at the end of the season where he made every throw and he ran and he used his legs. And you're like, wow, maybe this kid has something. So, Dan, I want to thank you for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate it. Hopefully you call in again next week. And, you know, there's a lot of changes going to happen. And before you know it, free agency will be here. So it's kind of an exciting time. Thanks for taking my call, boys. And um, I cannot wait to see Shady Brady uh, get, his, uh, get his karma next week. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we we all hope that, man. <laughs> All right, Joe. With that, with, that was actually a good call with Dan. But uh, we'll bring on our next caller. Yeah. This guy is a is a, is a Twitter legend that everybody always talks to, and he never lacks opinions. It's our good friend Hans. Hans, it's Joe and Tyson. Oh, yeah. Let's talk Jets. How you doing, man? Hey guys, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Up, how are you guys doing? Hey, how's it going, Hans? How you doing, man? I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. I actually wanted to hear what you guys thought of. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier from. Uh, Adam Kaplan about uh, Jimmy Johnson saying that he was going to be uh, not the not obviously not the Jimmy Johnson we all know, but uh, he he was uh, talking to colleagues about joining the Jets as our tight ends coach. I wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. The Viking, he's a Vikings tight ends coach, I believe, right? Um, uh, not one hundred percent sure. I just saw the tweet rolling around. Thought I'd 
get your guys' take on it. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was a Vikings tight end coach, and that's the, they're mentioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's worked with he's worked with some talented tight ends, so I mean, I'd have no problem with that. And it, as long as he would hold guys accountable, like Jason Morrow, and maybe even get something out of Jeff Cumberland, I would be more than happy with that. I mean, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, that, that's, uh, he's worked with some very talented tight ends there in Minnesota. I just want to see what happens with Jace this year. I want to see I want to see some growth within him and some I want to see him uh you know in the offense actually doing something. So again, that's another guy that can join the staff, maybe he adds something, maybe he adds a dimension to Jace's game and really gets him going and probably, you know, gets him started and has him doing something within our offense. I believe he worked with uh uh Rudolph Kyle Rudolph there with the Vikings yep. too and that was a pretty solid tight end there. Uh so, yep. you know, he has he has a pedigree. Clearly, we can see that he can produce as a coach and get a guy to get going. So hopefully, he does the same thing for Jason. Maybe he gets something more out of Jeff Cumberland too. So again, that's another guy you got to wait and see, see what happens. Now, Hans, I mean, what is your take? We 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 been asking everybody. I mean, oh, go ahead, Hans. What do you have to say? Yeah. I mean, honestly, when it when it comes down to the overall picture of our head coaching changes so far, I've really been having a very hard time seeing any of the moves being made as anything but an upgrade. I mean, what has what did Steve Hagen do for our tight ends that was so special? I can't recall anything. Yeah. Hey, just be just while you guys are saying something, somebody mentioned the the name Kyle Rudolph and you know there's there's something about Kyle Rudolph that uh, Oh my God Sorry, we were talking. I heard the name Kyle Rudolph, so I was just trying to. No, but you know, there's a good question, Hans. And the thing was this: it was that Jason Morrow, you know, like he has all the potential in the world, but you know, like you wonder about accountability in terms of route running, consistency. You know, what were these guys doing with that? Especially with Jeff Cumberland. So, I mean, that was my concern. So maybe this, maybe Jimmy Johnson will hold these guys more accountable, make them more consistent, which is what they both need to be. Well, accountability has been the theme of. I'm, accountability has really been uh, mm-hmm. Todd Bowles' theme throughout the uh, throughout the entire process, and I really hate to use that word because of the uh, previous person who used it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's been a common theme, and it and it's and I really hope to see something keep on going, and um, it would be really encouraging to see some results. Well, you know, the other thing, too, Hans, is that you've got to think that Chan Gailey will, will actually feature the tight end position more and actually put these guys in space and actually call plays for them. I remember, like, we had a chance to interview Jason Morrow last year, and, and it was like, he said, well, there's, there's like two plays in the playbook that featured him that he knew going into the game plan these two plays were for him. Hopefully Chan Gailey will maximize his potential and say, listen, this guy is a huge target. He's a mismatch for linebackers and safeties, and put him in some space. I mean, that's... I mean, Joe, don't you think that's where you're hoping to get out of Chan Gailey as well in terms of play calling? Absolutely. That was one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about tonight. I wanted to talk about how he was going to use Jason Morrow as a weapon. Um, everybody wants to sign Amari Cooper. Everybody wants to, you know, really bolster our, off, our, our wide receiving core. We have a very good, what I believe is a very potentially good tight end, a very good tight end, and he's shown that his rookie year. Uh, he had really big numbers for a rookie. I believe he led – uh, all the rookies and catches, uh, all the rookie tight ends and catches as well, and yards. So made the all rookie team. A, yeah, made yep. the all rookie team. So this is a guy that's not trash. He's just being used incorrectly. He's not a he's not a bad tight end. So even with those couple of plays 
that, you know, featured him, look what we got out of him with just a couple of plays and a guy that didn't really know how to, you know, maximize his talent. So let's yeah. see the, the emergence of – let's see the emergence uh, of Jason Morrow. Let's see what Chan Gailey does with him because he is a weapon. Here's another guy. We don't have to pay somebody else to come in. Here's our weapon right here under our nose. Let's start using him more. Let's create matchup problems with him, and we don't have to go out and sign another, you know, big-time wide receiver or draft a guy. We, like I said, we can move down in a draft and get our offensive linemen and build our line. Let's start bringing Jason Morrow in this game and, and making guys make, a, uh, make, make the defense accountable for him, make them say, hey, this is a guy that's on the field. We've got to watch out for him. Let's do that. Let me no, put it I, this way. I have way more faith and a guy who can get a crappy quarterback paid $60 million a year than I did in Marty Mordenweg by the end of this past season. No, he made, he made Ryan Fitzpatrick a star. <laughs> did. Now, Hans, what is your, what is your take on the, um, the hiring of Pepper Johnson? I mean, obviously Casey Rogers from mm-hmm. Miami, you know, the defensive coordinator is a defensive line coach, well-respected, got great results. Pepper Johnson, you know, interviewed for the Giants defensive coordinator position, but I, I absolutely love this hire for a variety of aspects. But what is, what is your take on Pepper Johnson? Well, when it, when it comes to Pepper Johnson, I mean, he he did the interview for that position with the Giants, and he and I and based on his reaction, you can you can just tell that he has a chip on his shoulder and that he has yep. something to prove. Look for him to be getting some. D coordinator job interviews within the next couple of years. No, I agree, but that, now the thing is too is with, with between him and Casey Rogers, what do you think they're going to be able to do with a player like? Well, he's defensive line, but what do we think they'll do with a player Green like Cole. Demario Davis? Like you know, well, no, we talked about Copels last week, but Demario Davis is interesting to me because now you figure even if David Harris comes back with an aggressive style of defense, do you think that? Bowles and Rodgers and Pepper Johnson can make him more explosive, maybe get some sacks, attack the line of scrimmage more? What do you, I mean, I'll go to Hans first. What do you think they're going to do with Demario Davis? I do think Demario kind of declined a little bit in this past year. But in honestly, it, it'll depend on who we get. I think we need someone with more presence off of the edge, someone who isn't Calvin Pace. And if we get that, I think he'll. I think he'll just take right off. We need. What do you we think, need Joe? a lot of. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 first off, I love the hire. He's another guy that was a former player uh, and a very mm-hmm. good player when he was actually with us as well. Um, I think he's going to find ways to get these guys motivated. Not just the same thing with Todd Bowles, the guy that's a former player. He knows how to motivate those guys. He understands. You know, he understands the game from their standpoint as well. He's going to find a way to get these guys, you know, to make plays. He's going to be able to maybe reinvent some of their techniques and, and, and be able to adjust things so that they can make plays. Even though, like you said, they didn't have a year, have a huge year He's getting a guy uh, in there that, that's going to, going to make moves. But one of, the reason, one of the real reasons why I like him is I want to see if he can get something out of Quentin Coble. With this change, mm-hmm. I want to see what's going to go on with him. Because, like, we've all said it over and over again. What are we going to do with Quentin Coble? This guy, you know, are we going to get rid of him? Is he going to stay here? Where's his motor? Well, here's a guy that, I, like I said, I truly love to hire, and I believe that he might be the guy that can motivate Quentin and get in his head and say, listen, I've been there. I've been here in your position. Let's work together. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to do that. Don't quit on us. You know, things like that. I think he can get, yeah, get something out of Quentin Copeland. Yeah, but, Joe, do you think, and this is, 
you know, this is to come mm-hmm. off the wrong way, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't you think at times <laughs> Rex Ryan got Rex Ryan got a little bit stubborn, a little bit arrogant with his defenses, yeah. and kind of forced players into positions that they weren't going to be successful at? And I think that I mean, when I when we were we we interviewed Dennis Thurman, and he was like, "Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. Quinn Copels will drop back in coverage sometimes." He's like, "But you know, we're not doing our job if he's not rushing the passer." So why is he dropping in coverage? Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't make any sense. So I mean, Hans, do you think at times Rex Ryan was kind of guilty of kind of? Putting in Copels in positions where he wasn't able to succeed, or I mean, I'm not making. You mean like that wide making... at corner, right? But don't you think it's kind of like <laughs> that's why he wasn't? But don't you think that's part of the problem? Yes, absolutely, and that's why I mentioned that putting him out wide deal, and I, I, I was, I hated that. I didn't really like the move to uh, outside linebacker either because he's more effective with his hand in the dirt. Yep. Yeah. I'll. I'll... I'm, I'm, I love Rex, and like I've said it before, and but I do agree. I do agree that there were times, even though we had the number seven defense overall with a crappy secondary, I do believe that there were times when Rex would not step out of his team, and he would do some things where he would have not just Copel, you know, wide out. He would have some, you know, Sheldon. I, I remember Sheldon dropping back in the coverage from yep. time to time and trying to, you know, cover guys that were coming across the middle. But, you know, that that time's over, and yet again, we did have the number seven defense in the league. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I guess sticking to your guns can get you where it gets you. But, yeah, I, like I said, I like this hire Pepper Johnson, and I, I want to see what he does as well, see what he gets out of. Maybe Quentin does come back, has his hand in the dirt, and he's a different player then. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like there's like three players I'm curious the most about with, with under Todd Bowles. I think it's Calvin Pryor, it's Copels, mm-hmm. and it's Demario Davis. I like because those those guys are we we expect more out of them. It really hasn't come to fruition, and now it's like I hope in that between Pepper and Todd Bowles, you know, I hope there's a there's a legitimate change and you see a, a significant difference. Hans, the last question I have for you, it's something we mentioned earlier was was um. Percy Harvin, what's your take? What's your take on Percy? Because we're getting a lot of tweets where we want Amari Cooper, we want Demario, you know, Demarius Thomas, we want all these guys, but you can't spend forty million dollars on receivers. So, what's your take on Percy? Do you do you keep him and give up that fourth round pick? Do you get rid of him and you know only give up a sixth round pick? What's your take? Honestly, I I personally I obviously I don't think any of us think that he's worth the price tag that he's at. So. Correct. But at the end of the day, I do think he stays, barring one exception. We signed Des Bryant. And oh. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, that's a, I, I don't think. But what about what about a Randall Cobb or what about a, a Demarius Thomas? Mm-hmm. Also possibilities, but I don't think they're leaving either. I think I think a guy's going to be available. It's going to come down to the money, but then it's it's just a tough. I just have a hard time swallowing this ten point five million dollars for Percy. I get it. You can yeah. make it make it like a, a contract year for him, but just because we have fifty million dollars in cap space doesn't mean we spend like drunken sailors. So that that's yeah. the only concern I have with Percy. Right. Well, uh, my, yeah, my because I have this. I have the same concerns with Percy, but I've I've, I've already you know figured. Look, the ten million is gone. <laughs> that's the way I figured it. It's gone. Because, again, if we cut him, we're back to square one where we don't have a field stretcher. I'd rather have Demarius Thomas over Dez. I like Demarius. I, I love the way he runs routes. I think he's a better receiver uh, than Dez. But, again, we will be spending top dollar for him. And who knows where he'll end up in the millions. You know, Demarius could demand $10 million himself. Um, so, 
you know, who, who knows what happens. But right now I'm saying I think we should stick with Harvin. I think we should keep him on the team and make it like a contract year. He doesn't get it done, you get rid of him. Bar only yeah, but, thing that I would not – unless he goes crazy like he did in Seattle when he was beating up teammates, if he doesn't do that here, I, I really can't see us getting rid of him. Because not only is he a solid wide receiver, but he also returns kicks and punts. He can do that too. So now you're breaking you're breaking out the you're breaking out the Ron Pickett uh, the Ron Pickett <laughs> argument here. So, yeah. but, you, but you know, what? Uh, I, I will I will counter that though by saying that ten million that ten point five million dollars you can give seven point five to Demarius and give like three to Antonio Camardi. So you 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 kill two birds with one stone. So I'll, I'll try to I'll try. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Try to counter your arguments. <laughs> I honestly okay, don't I'm think just... that's a, a very good counter because honestly, yeah, it's... it's going to be drawing a top dollar from free agency. And no and honestly, he's getting franchise tagged anyway, so the point is moot. Yeah, yeah and, and you that, know what? And I, I, oh, so go okay, ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I, and I, honest, I honestly think that Dez is probably going to be able to get those numbers too. I don't think we're going to – you're not going to sign Dez Bryant for just $7 million his first year. You know? no. I, don't, I don't believe you're going to get that. No, he's going to demand. There's going to be a wide – there's going to be teams lined up at his door. So it's like, you know – Let's be serious here. Yeah, we're overpaying this guy. Everyone in the nation knows that, but guess what? He's a pretty darn good receiver. He stretches the field. He can return kicks and punts, and without him, we're stripped, and we're back with Decker and Curley. And let me tell you something. We all know Decker is not a number one, and neither is Curley. So, yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think you need – I definitely think you need that, the third guy. But, I mean, with that being said, I, I had a question for Hans. And this, this was like – you know, this time of year, everybody's looking for stories to write as like a downtime, especially up to the Super Bowl. And I, I forget who wrote the article, but they said the New York Jets are eight players away from the Super Bowl. Uh, after I got done laughing – after I got done laughing, because, you know, eight players mean 11 on each side of the ball. So basically you're saying replace almost your entire side of the football. Hans, which, how many players away do you think the Jets are away? And for me, it's like you've got to rebuild the secondary. The offensive line is a concern. The linebackers are concerned, And then you have the quarterback. So for me, it's, I, I think to say they're, they're a significant way away. But what's your take, Hans? Well, honestly, when you break it down, I mean, you – you're going to need a free safety because I don't. I really don't trust Pryor to be mm. in that role. He's more. He's more suited as an inbox kind of guy. Yep. You get a court. You get one cornerback because I honestly believe that Dexter McDougal and D. Milliner can be successful if they stay healthy. No, an offensive line or not. No, yeah, offensive linebacker. Yeah, let me know how that works. An outside <laughs> linebacker, an inside linebacker. Because honestly, I don't want David Harris back. I really don't. I just, I just 
I don't. And then quarter, and then quarterback, wide receiver if we cut Harvin, an offensive guard, potentially an offensive tackle. That's eight <laughs> players. And I honestly think if we get those eight players, we're competitive. So honestly, yeah, I, I don't I, think that's going too far off. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's wishful thinking. I understand the premise of the story, but you need, would need so many things that bounce in the Jets' favor, in which you need miracles, yeah. smoke and mirrors, bounces, flip coins, mm. all kinds of nonsense for that to happen. So I just – I found it interesting because I'm like, you know, the most the most pressing needs are like prominent areas. Like your entire secondary yeah. is a concern. Your offensive line, like these are foundations of your team that are concerned. So, and then you have the quarterback, which is the biggest. So, it's <laughs> Hans. Before we let you go, man, give everybody your Twitter handle so they can give you a follow because you're always uh, you always got good info. At look, it's Hans. Awesome, man. Thanks for calling in, dude. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys have a wonderful night. I right, send you, Hans. You have a good night, man. You too. You know, Joe, and it, it's interesting. The one thing about the – we're talking about the coaching hires, and the one thing that mm-hmm. I like about it is, for the most part, they're respected, respected veteran coaches. And what that does is that helps you in, in build your program because you have the accountability, you have respect, you have discipline. And that – it just, for the like, long-term success, it helps you put your program in place. I mean, the thing is, like, with Pepper Johnson, you know, they, they, even, like, Casey Rogers, they had the Parcells line. Like, they had that Parcells system in place. Like, that's where they come from. So for me, that's a positive, especially for a young coach that's trying to get through, you know, get through the locker room and get results on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel as well. I also think they'll help Todd as well with dealing with the locker room and help him as well because they'll all be on the same page. They'll all be on the same line. I just, I think they're pretty solid hires outside. You know, Kevin Petulo, like we said, we don't know what we're necessarily going to get out of him, but I think this is a guy that is of the same mindset. He's fresh. He's coming in with a new perspective. Uh, and we'll see what he gets done. I, I, I really do think that all these guys, same thing with Marcel Ship as our running back coach, these guys are going to bring in, you know, with, come in with Todd, and they're all going to be on the same page at the same time, same line. So I think I think they're pretty good hires. Now, I guess, no, I agree with you. And, you know, the, the thing mm-hmm. that we talk about a lot, and like a lot of guys there are tweeting about the cornerback position, which, you know, it's it's an unknown. I mean, Milner and McDougal right now are complete unknowns. Marcus Williams was a nice story, but, I mean, you know, you know what you have in him. So now you got to look at what you can get in the open market. You know, do you bring back a Cromarty who's, you know, he's got a lot of miles on his tires? Do you go after a Kareem Jackson, a Byron Maxwell? But, I mean, how much faith do you have in Todd Bowles as a coach? In like, you know, everybody has their specialty. Do you think Todd Bowles will be able to focus on the corners and maybe build up some of our younger talent so we don't have to blow the market on signing a Jackson and a Maxwell? Absolutely, I think I think his scheme will be able to do that because, like like we said, I watched him in, in, in Arizona. He's working with a lot of guys that weren't necessarily. I mean, yeah, Patrick Peterson, he had Cromarty, but he put them in situations that where they were successful. Um, but he also had, you know, that third uh, corner that was there. He put him in situations to, to be successful as well, and that guy wasn't super talented either. Um, uh, so guys were hurt as well, and he he adjusted his scheme for that too. He played without a lot of guys defensively too, and they were still very solid. Um, I don't think we'll have to blow our money on free agency. I think you can address some of those things in the draft, even though I don't necessarily like uh, rookie corners. Uh, but I think that he's going to be able to scheme it up. Um, but I do think that free agency will be important. I wouldn't mind uh, signing Cromartie and bringing him back in. Um, I don't have faith in Dee Milner or McDougal, not just because I don't think they're talented enough. I don't think they're going to be healthy. I don't think McDougal is ever really going to be healthy in this league because he was never healthy in college. 
I don't think that Milner yep. is ever really going to be too healthy in this league because he was never healthy in college. You, you, you're asking them to fail almost. You're, you're putting them in a position to fail because they've never been healthy. So I don't think those are two dudes, two guys you can necessarily count on to be here, you know, the beginning of the season to the end of the season. So I think they're going to find creative ways to attack the cornerback market, whether, again, it be free agency or the draft or, you know, just getting guys off the street like we did with Marcus Williams. And we'll just see kind of how it goes. Yeah, now, now the the take with Cromarty is interesting because I could see why you want to bring him back. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl alternate. He had a good year under Bowles. He knows Bowles' system. He can help implement the system. But, I mean, do you have any concerns about bringing in like an older guy like that? I mean, you're trying to rebuild your secondary. Wouldn't you want a younger guy? I mean, you Kareem Jackson, Maxwell, those guys are younger. Wouldn't you want that, mm-hmm. or, or do, you, do you go with that Band-Aid approach? Well, you, I, I believe, you know, going with Cromartie wouldn't be a bad option because, yeah, he's a little bit older, but he's not a guy that is necessarily, I would say, slowing down. He's still a very solid corner. There was a time, I believe, he had he had a couple of interceptions this year, and the Jets, he had more interceptions by himself than the Jets' entire secondary at one point in this year. <laughs> um, so so that just shows you, like, he, yeah, he's an older guy, but he's also a savvy veteran. There's a, and he also understands the scheme. I, I think some of those things are invaluable. When you have a guy that knows the system and can not only, you know, be where he needs to be and hold himself accountable, but, but he can also teach the younger guys where to be and where to go and the nuances of the system, that's important as well. Um, those are things that we need to look at, and that's why I said I think we should bring Cromartie back in. No, and, and building on that, I agree with you. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know – you play devil's advocate with a lot of these things. I mean, I could definitely mm-hmm. make a case to bring him back in. I can make a case for spending decent money on Jackson or Maxwell. But the the next question is, what do you do with the safety position? And, and to me, that is a, it's been a huge issue since Rex Ryan's been here. I mean, we need a free safety in the worst way that can cover tight ends, that can run, move. I mean, we know what we have in Calvin Pryor. We saw what we have in Calvin Pryor next year. If he takes better angles on tackling, he's an in-the-box guy. I mean, in in, in pass coverage, he's okay being generous, but don't you, we need a free safety? Do you spend big money on a Raheem Moore or a Devin McCourty? Like, do you go that route? And I mean, that happened. Like, teams did that this year. I mean, Denver did it. The Saints did it. Do you follow that route and spend big money on a free safety? I I, I would go after McCourty. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily like to spend big. I mean, we have it, so I wouldn't mind spending big money, but. You know, I would go after McCordy, but if not, again, we can address those things. I believe we can get a, a, a decent free safety in the draft. But as well, I think we have safeties here that are pretty solid. There were some guys uh, – we talked about Antonio Allen, seeing what we get out of him. I think that's a guy that has potential. But we've all we've always jerked him around and did weird stuff with him, so we really couldn't figure out what we had in him. I don't have any faith in Calvin Fryer, and I've said that before. I didn't necessarily like the pick of him either. I think a lot of his problems – are, 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 are technique problems. And a lot of his problems aren't just technique as well. They're also that he doesn't understand where he needs to be. And that's kind of hard to fix here. When you ask, you're you asking him to do stuff, and he's also playing outside of his actual natural position. So when you look around around our, our, our locker room and you're saying, well, who's the range-free safety here? Who's the guy that can cover? Well, being the first name you get is Antonio Allen. So I don't see why we don't implement him and see what we get out of him first. Um, free agency in the draft, like I said, we can we can work that. But I think that Antonio Allen is the guy that we need to take a look at and see what we can get out of him first. See, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said that, dude, because that it was just like you know we we 
Antonio Allen, to me, was another – I mean, listen, I'm not making excuses for all these guys. I'm not making excuses for <laughs> Copels. I'm not making excuses for Antonio Allen. But the way Rex Ryan handled him this year was a complete mm-hmm. train wreck. From corner mm-hmm. to safety, back to corner, to not playing at all, to nickel. I mean, he was all over the place. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do you have – and to me, he's another guy that you add to the list that you want to see Todd Bowles work with. A young safety mm-hmm. that has talent – that's shown flashes in the past, that maybe you can get something out of him, and then you could say, you know what, instead of giving, I don't know, McCourty five years, $40 million, you put that money elsewhere and hope that your young guys and draft one and go that route. So it's, it's a good point. I mean, it's interesting how we, we had this strong perspective of Rex, but now it's like when you bring in another defensive mind that has a, a pretty proven track record, that you have new hopes for some of the players that are already on the roster. Yeah, and, and, and that's so... I, I, like I said, I think that giving Antonio Allen a shot at just safety and not moving him around, like you said, I, I totally agree with your point. Um, and just seeing what you kind of get out of him, see what Todd can work with, and you know, get him in positions to do things. So I, I think that's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting year for him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and I mean, listen, I understand we're going to spend money in free agency, but you just want to get the most value you can and, and bring in quality players and address knee positions. I mean, the safety position for us has been, you know, how many, you know, Jim Leonard's and Landry's and all these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when you start calling for Dwight Lowry to come back, I'm like, Jesus. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you hit the bottom of the barrel right there. <laughs> now, you know, if we go to the other side of the ball, you know, we, we, you know, almost every day on our Twitter account, which is at Talk Jets Radio, which everybody knows, is we get quarterback questions. And the one guy, that, this one, I forget who tweeted, but he's like, listen, he goes, why not Mike Vick and Chan Gailey system? Like, if you do the spread offense and you have quick reads and you spread guys out, couldn't you get a year out of Mike Vick? And I was like, well, the first question was, I, I thought Mike Vick quit this year. I didn't think he wanted to play. I thought he kind of mailed it in and collected his check. What is your take mm-hmm. on, would you even consider giving Mike Vick another year? I would, I would consider it. Um, but you kind of just have to see where his head is at. Because uh, like you said, I think there were portions of the season where you didn't really know what was going on out there with him, and he did seem like he quit on us. Um, but when you look at this class that we have coming up, as I've said many times on this podcast, the the the, the, the field kind of forces you to, to to pick a quarterback that you wouldn't possibly pick ever, that you wouldn't pick if you yep. had another guy, you know, that was solid. So, yeah, kicking the tires of Mike Vick, I wouldn't mind that. I want to kick the tires on everybody. If, if Trent Dilfer is available and we think he can get the job done, kick the tires on him. Let's bring him in, you know. Well, here's, here's, uh, so, here's a name for you. Yeah, what ahead. about Matt Hasselbeck? Uh, Matt Hasselbeck has shown to be solid, but the last time that I saw him throwing the football, I didn't like anything that he was doing. So, um, I think Matt at this point is a backup um, at best in this league, and, and that's it's just like the same feelings I have with Mike uh, with, with Matt Sims. Matt had his time though. Matt definitely was a solid quarterback when he was playing, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to bring him in. I think for now on he's a career backup. Okay, fair enough. And then you know we talked about Mike Glenn a little bit last week, which mm-hmm. you know he's young. There's a, there's a potential possibly kind of an unknown. What is your take on Nick Foles, who right now is getting a lot of press from the Rams are interested, Tennessee could be mm-hmm. interested. Foles seems to be a hot name, especially with all the rumors that Chip Kelly wants to get Mariota, which I don't think is ever going to happen. But what's your take mm-hmm. on trading for Foles? Foles really had an up and down season in a in an offense in an offense that was literally built for a quarterback to just bomb, bomb, bomb all day. Um lost his job to Mark 
uh, Mark State starter. And I don't. I wouldn't mind Nick Foles. I think that he's an okay quarterback at best. Maybe a, a, a change of scenery and a scheme change might fit him. But you know, when you're throwing picks <laughs> over and over again last season, and we saw him struggling, then you know the injury happened. Uh, I wouldn't mind bringing him in either. But you know, just kind of tread lightly. But yet again, this field—it's just <laughs> where do you go? Almost all these guys have you know issues. If we go to just go to Sam Bradford, he's got an injury issue. Can he stay healthy? We go you know elsewhere. If we're talking about Brian Jay Cutler, well, what do we get out of him? His personality is weird, and he you know sometimes may quit on the team as well, and he pouts. It's just like there's huge, just like you know, glaring yeah, see, the thing issues is- with some of these guys. <laughs> No, I mean, well, right. I mean, obviously, they have to have issues that they wouldn't be available. I mean, franchise quarterbacks mm-hmm. aren't becoming available. But I mean, like, I do a lot of, I do a lot of work in South Jersey and Philadelphia, and I hear the callers and all the experts calling in. There's a lot of analysts that call and say, you know what, Nick Foles could be a top 13, 14 quarterback. I mean, if based on what we've said, if you have a power running game, you know, complementary football, which is going to be our new keyword, we're going to stay until Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles gets fired is complimentary football. If you have a guy that's a top 13 quarterback, isn't that what you want for this team to help you win and, and be competitive? Well, you got to perform like a top 13 quarterback. Like I said, the last time I was seeing him with the Eagles, he was throwing picks. And then he yeah, but he's also getting, he, he was also getting like... beat up. He was also getting beat up behind that offensive line that was shredded and didn't come to, didn't gel till they all came back healthy too. I mean, look at his, his year before yeah. that, his numbers were ridiculous. Yeah, but they were off the chain. There was an unrealistic number. Those were numbers that were crazy. <laughs> you know, like, come on. They were, they, I mean, his, his interception, like, it was, it was, I believe it was like single digits. It was crazy that year. But when he came back, like I said, and we saw Chip Kelly brought in the system, and like I said, that's an offensive, offense built for the quarterback to just throw for millions of yards and just get away with a lot of different stuff. And he was throwing a lot of interceptions. And I've I, I read reports that he was struggling and, you know, just things like that. So, uh, like I said, the, this field is very, very weird. And there's a lot of issues, but if we can, if, if we think that he can be successful here, then I have no problem kicking the tires on him. I have no problem bringing him in. Let's see what we can get out of him. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem I think you have with Foles, and, and I just think, like, as always, I'm playing devil's advocate. You can make a case for him yeah. or against him. But the, the problem with him is is the contract. I mean, you trade for him, he's on the last year of his deal, and then what do you do with him? I mean, you, he's going to want some kind of – I mean, what do you pay him as an unknown? Like, you don't, you don't know what to do with him. You know, that's yeah. the biggest problem about getting him is when you trade for a guy like that, it's just, okay, how much are you going to give me? And then it's, then it's a huge problem. So, you know, um, going to running back, you know, once Chan Gailey was hired, everybody automatically linked up him with C.J. Spiller, especially when mm-hmm. C.J. Spiller said he liked playing with him. But here's a name for you that I'm I'm real curious about that will come cheaper that is interesting. Anton Smith from the Falcons. Have you had a chance oh, to yes. watch him at all when he played? You watched yes, him? Yes, 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 Tyson, yes. I'm telling you. I was literally – that's the first name that popped in my head was Anton Smith from the Falcons. I like this guy. I, was, I couldn't wait till free agency came up so I could start talking about him. He is a guy that I believe that was so – vastly underused in Atlanta. It was ridiculous. I believe that he is a weapon. I believe that not just a weapon, not just a weapon in the running game, but in the passing game. He is a match-up nightmare. I watched him take so many so many catches, screens, just, you know, just swing routes straight to the house for six every time. And, and I just yep. don't know what they were doing out there in Atlanta with him. He was on the bench a lot. 
Um, they they yep. kind of, you know, I remember the coaches, the offensive coaches speaking about him and saying we got to find a way to get this guy the ball, but they would never actually find ways to get him the ball. We have to go after this guy. I don't know if he's a, I don't, I don't believe that he's a free agent though. If we can make a trade for him, I believe he is. Then maybe a, oh, is he a free agent this year? I believe so. Okay, so if he's a free agent the, the, problem, year, the problem Atlanta has. Atlanta had they had like five thousand running backs that all could be starters. Yeah. So that was yeah, but he, you know so I. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, he was so he's so talented though. It, yeah, they did have a a couple a couple of running backs. You know, with with Jackson and then the, the other guy, the backup. I believe his name was. I forgot the other guy's name, but well, they had Devontae Freeman. You. I think they had Jackson. Yeah. They had like four guys that were all explosive playmakers. And did, I mean, Anton Smith, dude, he has explosive ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he got the ball, it was like if you didn't tackle him with the first three yards, he was going thirty. He was I mean, gone, and it just yes. in, in a flash. And you think with a guy like that, he comes a lot cheaper than C.J. Spiller would. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's and that's exactly why I, I I thought I thought that they maybe had worked out some stuff and locked him up because I remember they were talking about giving him another contract and trying to bring him back. But he, he's a free agent. He's a guy that I believe is very under the radar, very underrated, and he's a guy that I believe we can get for fairly cheap, and we can get a whole lot out of him, a whole lot out of him. You know, he might be able to even press for a starting position as well here. I, I just I like Antoine Smith a lot, and I hope that we can do something and bring him in. But see, now the thing is, see, now, see you fell right into my trap, man, because now if you add a player <laughs> like Smith – if you add a player like Smith, he kind of makes Percy Harvin a little less valuable, so you can get rid of Percy nope. and then go after a Demarius nope. Thomas or a Randall Cobb. No. <laughs> You're trying. You're trying. It's just ridiculous. No, no, it actually doesn't make Percy expendable. It makes, it makes Percy more deadly because now if you can put them on the field at the same time, who are you going to account for here? Because I'm, I'm going to crush you. I'm going to make you pick your poison. Okay, you want to you wanna double down on Anton Smith? No problem. I'm about to go crazy with Hardman. That's, that's, that's when you get scary. When I got two guys out on the field that if you don't account for them, if you, don't, if you make one mistake, it's going to be a touchdown. Oh, man, that's when our offense will be potent. No, I agree. And, like, I always think about the same thing. If you have a Percy and him, that kind of speed, and then you have a Chris Ivory who just run you over, then you have an yeah. offense that's it's definitely a threat. Um, going back to the defensive side of the ball real quick, we're getting a bunch of tweets, and Luigi, I completely agree with him. He's talking about Brandon Flowers and Walter Thurman. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, mm-hmm. as you know, I was a fan of Walter Thurman when the Giants signed him. I thought he'd be a good – he comes cheap. He's a good corner. He's physical. He came from Seattle. I thought he was a great fit. I, I wanted him last year. If you can get him back this year, if you could sign him this year on the cheap, I'd have no problem with the Thurman. Um, what's your take on Brandon Flowers? Uh, Brandon Flowers was a guy that I was definitely calling for uh, when he was a free agent the first time. I thought we should have brought him in. Um, I know Dennis was calling for him as well, uh, saying we should have brought him in as well. I think he's a guy, you know, he's a pretty decent, solid corner in this league. Uh, you know, again, if that's a guy we can bring in on the cheap, then fine. I, I wouldn't overpay him, but I, I wouldn't mind having him, you know, send him in our, in our, in our defense. I, I think he's a pretty solid corner. Yeah, no, I agree. And like like I said, I was a I was a Walter Thurman fan last year. I mean, I wanted them in mm-hmm. Flower. I mean, a quality corner that went to the Pro Bowl. It's, how do you say no to that? As long as they come at the right price. Yeah. So there's you know I, I definitely agree one thousand percent with that. Um, is there any other names in free agency that you're thinking of? We talked about a couple. I mean, obviously the the linemen we talked about last week, Ayapati and Franklin. Um, you know, some I think some positions were okay. I mean, I think tight end will be okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind drafting somebody else. But are there any other big names that you're looking at or kind of – like Antone Smith was my guy. When I saw that, I'm like, that's the guy. Yeah. Like I'll be campaigning for him yeah. until now until March 10th. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I, like I said, I was I was really interested in kind of hearing more of your take about just our quarterback situation and how you kind of felt about Sam Bradford. I know we talked about it a little bit in the past, but do you do you honestly think that we could possibly get him? And what do you think he would bring to the table? Dude, he, he's a he's a a good quarterback. It's just keeping him healthy. That's mm-hmm. the problem. You know, yeah. and then like he he also gets a raw deal there too. I think. I mean, it's not it's not exactly like he was surrounded by a lot of targets either. It was a lot of it was rookies mm-hmm. with potential. I mean, a couple guys flashed, but it wasn't. You know, what I mean, I like him. It's just yeah. if you know, you figure if you're getting him, that means the Rams trade for Foles. They're gonna cut him then. I mean, I don't think we're gonna trade for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna get cut. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind him. I wouldn't. I mean, a lot of these guys you can make a case for. You know, it's you got to keep your options mm-hmm. open. It's somebody that's gonna push Geno, and that if he beats him out, he could actually manage games and win. You know, the thing with Bradford's never been talent. It's been his health. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I totally agree with that as well. Um, if we can keep him healthy and upright, if we do end up getting him, I think he, he could be a solid quarterback, a game-managing guy. Um, there was but see, another question thing, I had. Oh, but, but the thing, but the ahead, Joe, the other uh, thing, though, the thing with that is, if you want to bring in a Bradford or a Mallet or any of these guys, you know what you do? You beef mm-hmm. up your offensive line. Don't let this guy get yeah. pounded 30, 40 times a game. I mean, you help yourself with a strong offensive line. Look at Romo this year. You get a quality offensive line. It makes the guy he makes better passes, makes better decisions. It changes everything. So, that I think that's a huge aspect as well. Yeah. Uh, another question I wanted to talk about free agency, and I got a couple of tweets about this as well. It's uh, Claiborne and uh, Brendan Carr out there with the Cowboys. How like how likely is it? Do you think we might end up with one of those guys? Would you trade? Uh, Quentin Copels for either one of those guys. I would say no. A Claiborne's a okay. disaster. <laughs> yeah, I think he yeah. is at least. I mean, I mean he. I mean he's got potential. I mean that's that's you're putting more faith in the Bulls for that. But I wouldn't give mm-hmm. up a guy like Copels for a guy like them. To be honest with you, I me mean, Brandon Carr's a different guy. But for me, Claiborne, no. Um, that, that's that's a good question. I mean, what's your take? Are you a Brandon Carr fan or? No, no, yeah. Uh, when, when I got the tweets about that, like I said, uh, people were hitting me up, and I, I think Claiborne's a guy that I, I honestly believe is playing outside of his actual skill set. I think he's a straight man up corner, and that's it. Um, I think I wouldn't mind bringing getting something out of him. I wouldn't trade for him though. I think he's a guy that's going to end up on the street. Uh, the Cowboys are going to cut him. Yep, uh, I'd honestly I agree. Believe that because they've already they've already sat him on the bench. So I think he's a guy we can get for for free. Um, Carr's car is a guy I don't know. I, I'm not a big car fan. Uh, you know, to me, he's an overrated, overpaid number two at best corner. Uh, he gets burnt a lot uh, playing in the schemes they play now. I wouldn't necessarily trade for him, and I wouldn't trade Copels for him either. But Claiborne is a guy that I'm I'm interested in just to see what we can possibly get out of him and see if we put him in the correct situation for his skill set, just like we did Marcus Williams, and see if he – you know, will will we'll be successful with us. I would definitely like to see if we could bring in Claiborne and see what we get out of him. No, I definitely agree. I mean, it's like you're taking flyers, and if he comes at the right price, I mean, I think he's going to get, you know, I mm-hmm. think he would come at the right price. It's, it's definitely worth the flyer. I mean, at this point, we can't be – it's about competition. Comp- like, it was funny because in years past we said competition, but we, it was kind of like <laughs> tongue-in-cheek because we knew the guys weren't going to – you know, like we knew he was going to play anyway. I, for for yeah. now, you kind of hope that competition is actually true and that these guys will play. So uh-huh. there's, there's definitely a, a lot of questions. You know, the other thing, I mean, we we kind of talked about a lot of things tonight, but the other things too is is getting a deal with Wilkerson and Harrison done. I mean, I, I actually yeah. we had a chance that I actually tweeted Joel Corey today a couple times, and he was just like, you know, they got to get a deal done with him. You know, 
sooner rather than later. They kind of screwed themselves by not getting it done before the other McCoy got signed. But that's also, you know, when we talk about salary cap money, you got to look at resigning your own players as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly, I think, a lot of this cap room that we have to uh, cap room that we're talking about right now, like you said, we need to start accounting for it. Getting the deal with Wilkerson done, that's got to be number one for us, making sure we lock that guy up and seeing what we can do with Harris. If he comes back and we can bring him back at the right price, let's get the job done. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's just like, you know, like that $50 million goes down pretty quick if you throw, you know, say, eight, nine at Mo, another six at Harris. I mean, you're going to go it, – it goes down fairly quickly. So got to keep that yeah. in mind when we discuss all these players and everything else. Well, Joe, is there anything else you want to cover? We covered all the coaches. I mean, I think we have our concerns. Oh, you know who we've got to talk about? Bobby April, the special teams coach. And for me, you know, there's so many hidden yards in special teams on returns, mm-hmm. on return coverage, all that. I think in terms of the hires, it's a phenomenal hire. Because the guy, he's like a – he won like special teams coach of the year twice, but he's a proven guy. Yeah. I think that was a, probably one of the better hires they've had next to like Pepper Johnson and Casey Rogers. Yeah, and I totally agree. That's exactly what I was going to say with the you know special team uh, coordinator year. Um, guy that's going to come in, I think he's going to be very solid and definitely bolster our special teams because our special teams last year was awful. They're absolutely yep. awful. It's been awful for quite some time uh, since West off left. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to see what he gives us. Yeah, and like we keep talking about special teams, but like there's so many hidden yards. Just your like your mm-hmm. just, you know your field position, things like that. You can gain 15 yards on a return, 10 yards on a return of coverage. I mean, there's so many lost yards. I think over the last three years, we've just been, you know, just been getting killed on that. So I think that's a you know quality hire. So in terms of that, I think that's definitely a solid one. Um, other than that, man, is there anything else you want to cover? Or we, I mean, we got free agency coming up in like, like in a month. We got you know we're gonna have the draft coming up with Ron Pickett, gonna give us all kinds of great insight. Yeah. I mean it's it's a lot going on, Joe. Believe it or not, this like football is now twenty uh, twelve months a year. <laughs> yeah, it is, man, and I love it, man. I just I cannot wait to start talking about the draft and free agency. I just can't wait. So we're gonna make sure that we we put the first ones out for the Anton Smith. It's gonna be part of the uh, Let's Talk Jets yes. T-shirt. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. Yes, absolutely. I'm wearing my Anton Smith hat. I'm ready to go. That We need to go after that guy for sure. <laughs> well, dude, before we let you go, let everybody know what your um, your Twitter handle is and uh, give some information on your videos. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. And, again, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my Twitter handle is youngj000. That is three zeros. Uh, my YouTube channel is youngj00. Um, I do uh, weekly pick uh, three three games. One game is always the Jets game because it is a Jets channel primarily. But we also, I also, you know, bring in other teams as well, which are the other two games. It's always two random or two random games with two random teams. Um, you know, I, I get feedback from people that comment, people that are in my inbox. That's how I pick the games. You know, from different fans of different teams. Try to cover all the teams as well. Give a lot of different insight and uh, tell you why I pick, well, who I pick to win and why I pick who I pick to lose. Um, please come and subscribe, guys. And, uh, you know, just thank everybody, you know, for having me on the show. Thank everybody for hitting me up as well. Shout-out to Henry and shout-out to Hans as well. Congrats for the, uh, the Todd Bowles uh, interview question that you, su- you submitted, and he actually answered first. So thank you guys again for having me on. No, thank you, Joe. And, like, you know, thank you to all the listeners, all the callers, all the support. Definitely appreciate it. And, you know, as always, the Twitter I know is active. Henry's going crazy. So we'll get back in. We'll respond to mm-hmm. all those as well. And uh, we got a lot of guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. So, Joe, it's going to be busy, and uh, have a good weekend, man. All right, same to you, man. This was great. Thank you.
<laughs> Talk to you guys later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.